We're talking about words, we're, and we're talking about communication. I think it's important that everybody recognizes that we're not manipulating people to try to sell yes, them things. Yes, good point. So I, I think we have to say that. What we're doing is we're having a conversation, and customers want to buy. They don't want to be sold. want to make good choices. So yeah. our job, if you will, is to give them good information, communicate well, put them in a position to make informed decisions, and so whatever considerations you, whether that's Blanton's or whether that's Whistlepig, yeah. right? The customer wants to really make that choice that's in their best interest. So when we're talking about words, a lot of technicians, a lot of folks will say, well, you're just teaching me how to manipulate people so that right. I can sell them stuff. That is not what brand experience is yeah. about. So right. we need to be crystal clear. Very on that. crystal clear, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, and it's, it's very important, that distinction. You know, man manipulation versus influence, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Cialdini talks uh, about this a lot in his books on influence, mm -hmm. that manipulation is when you're driving someone to take action that is bad for them and good for you, right? Influence is when it's a mutual benefit. It's a huge distinction. It's very important. I'm glad that, I'm glad that you brought that up, you know? So we talk about these three steps. Oh, one last thing I wanted to mention, because you touched on it. The words have power. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of, you know, kind of uh, Tom Hopkins had a, had a uh, master of the art of selling, right? And Tom Hopkins kind of has his, his fatal words or killer words right. or whatever, right? Contract instead of agreement, right? Signature versus your authorization, you know, those types of things. And there are some words that we, we really want to avoid. Uh, we've mentioned a couple of them. I'm just wondering off the top of your heads, can you give us any examples of word choices that you think are really, really important, right? As, as you mentioned earlier, versus I'm gonna recommend, here are some things you might consider, right? Subtle difference, but very powerful difference mm -hmm. at the same time. Uh, any others you can think off the top of your head of like just words and phrases that you really try to avoid? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I try, and I, I try and avoid, I try and avoid any, any words that are salesy. I try and avoid any words that are just slang. Um, I avoid, definitely I avoid words, uh, I would call them um, sensational words. Oh, absolutely. Right. You know, oh, that's an excellent choice. You know, or like using words like, oh, cool, cool. Awesome, awesome. Awesome, awesome, cool, cool. I hear guys say that all the time. I, I even hear women say that on the phone. Cool, cool, awesome, right. oh, excellent, right? And it sounds got, very insincere, doesn't it? It does. So, so those, some of those words you've just got to watch out for. Cool, cool. Um, <laughs> I, I think if you slow down your process and you, we talked about, I guess we began this conversation talking about empathy, right? And you know that you're empathetic to the customer's situation and you are sincere and you have the, the, you know, the, pure, the purest intent to want to serve these people, what you have to understand is as, as a technician, maintenance tech or service tech, uh, as a call taker or as a comfort advisor, you are serving people by giving them information in its most pure fashion. And so he talked about that a little bit earlier. Sharing information. Sharing information does not have an agenda. I, my job is to give you good information so you can make a good decision. Your job is to make a good decision. I don't care what you do as long as you do it knowingly. Right. And so I want to get out of, we, we're not looking to sell. I want to get out of my way and I want to get out of their way in them making a decision based on the information I share. Because when they called the company, they called, they called us out there for our expertise. That's all they wanted. They didn't want it fixed. 
They didn't want a price. They don't want a proposal. They don't want a quote. They don't want it replaced. They want information. And then from that, they will act. So I guess that's, I can't say that there's any one word or sets of words, but. I, I got some. I mean, uh, you yeah. know, yeah. thank you yeah, for t giving me time to think. <laughs> now that I've had some time to think. Because <laughs> I had none, no Because the Blantons <laughs> is definitely affecting the ability to actually process right now. Um, acronyms. Yeah. Acronyms are kind of a stay away from. Right. Uh, the customer doesn't understand the acronyms and nomenclature. I want to talk about your CFMs, your SEERs, your AFUEs. Yeah, so I think it's in everybody's best interest to make sure that we, uh, you know, uh, what we call positive assumptions. We work with the customer based on, you know, uh, not using acronyms. Other types of things, I think you got to be careful, you know, things like we talk about the coil. The customer may or may not understand what a coil is. You know, some people are educated, some people are engineers, some people have done research, but you know, most people that we run into that are just pretty average folk when it comes to air conditioning or heating systems, heat pumps, boilers, they don't understand the technical terms. Yeah, good point. So I'd be really careful about the technical terms. And so when you're doing ride-alongs and role play, what we call real play, mm -hmm. you know, I would make sure that you, you uh, have a dialogue with your team to try to stay away from the technical terms and the acronyms and do a good job of explaining if yeah. it is technical and it needs to be explained, you know, go slow and uh, you know, have some uh, tools. Um, so we can use an iPad, we can use diagrams. In the old days, we used a hard flat rate system. There's lots of ways you can solve that problem to explain it so that the customer feels comfortable that they understand how to make a good decision. So I mean, those, I mean, those would be my comments. One of the best things we can do on a service call or a sales call is take about 90 seconds and sketch out a furnace, a blower motor, uh, heat exchanger, coil, mm -hmm. line set, and condenser. Mm -hmm. Return air and supply. Mm -hmm. And take 90 seconds and ask the homeowner, has anybody ever explained to you how your system works? Mm -hmm. Nine times out of 10, they say, no, not really. And draw it out and say, then the air comes in here, it goes across, and the winter time it gets warmed right here and comes out and in the, you know, winter, in the summertime, whatever. Right. And take 90 seconds and explain the system. And it just, to me, goes along. I mean, I've heard so many people say, wow, no, one, no one's ever showed me that. I never right. thought about that or I never understood. Listen, before I got in this industry, I couldn't tell the difference between a supply and a return. I didn't know. It's, air comes out the vents and it, you know, and that's it. Got to give a shout out to a former industry icon, legendary icon, sales trainer. Uh, he used to teach that technique, Pat McCormick. I don't know if you know oh, yeah. Pat McCormick. Yeah. Pat McCormick used to do a lot of sales training, maybe even still does, but I think he's retired now. But he used to teach that process, red pen, blue pen, mm -hmm. you know, do, do the air conditioner in blue, yeah. the cooling cycle in blue, and do the heating system in red, Beautiful. and do exactly what you just said. Yeah, and I it, love it, that red and blue pen it, thing. It's I never thought about it's that. A, it's, it, it's something that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because you, <clears throat> you can use pictures and diagrams and iPads and stuff. The interesting thing about, about what you're talking about is if you did it at that point where you're talking about you know, after mechanical magic and sharing findings and options with customers, and you're showing them their system, okay? It's not just a generic picture, but it's now their system. And you're saying, okay, and so the part that failed is in here, okay? And what caused it is this. And, and, and I would even suggest, you know, to our viewers to take it to the larger scale, right? To the house, because the house is the system, right? You know, the system's working hard because you have a lack of insulation in your attic or lack of insulation in your basement or your crawl space or something like that. And, and talk about how the whole system and the house are completely integrated because if you think about it, we've talked about this on a couple other videos in the past, you know, we all live inside the duct system. 
right? I mean, the you know, supply comes out and the return goes in. You're in the midst of the duct system. You're, you're inside. You open and close doors. That's like dampers inside a duct system. And it literally pressurizes the house or, or depressurizes Deep certain pressure. rooms. Yeah. You know, I'm staying in this hotel now, and I got to tell you, the duct system is horrible. And they've got transfer grills between the two, the, you know, the, where the, the, the return is in the main section of the mm-hmm. thing because it's a two-bedroom uh, hotel suite. And it's horrible. So I got to leave the bedroom doors open mm-hmm. because there's a great video on the website called energyvanguard.com by Allison Bales. And this guy, Allison Bales, he's a home performance guy. And he shows you how rooms pressurize. So while the air's, you know, you hear the system running, the air sounds like it's coming into the room. It's really not. The air's just pressurizing the room almost like a balloon. And, and so the room just never gets comfortable. You open up the bedroom door and the room gets comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so important. Just those, and, and I think when you were speaking there, I was thinking about the importance of using metaphors to explain these things to homeowners. Uh, One of the things we do in our sales process, for example, we have a diagram of a house and we draw the system and we tell the homeowner there's really three components. There's the HVAC system, but there's the ductwork. That's right, the V and the HVAC. And then there's the attic insulation. And one of the metaphors I like to use is if you went to the grocery store and you spent a hundred bucks and you got four bags of groceries and you got home and you only had three bags, would you go back and get the bag you forgot? And I say, well, of course. Well, that's kind of what you're doing in your HVAC system. You're producing cold air, you're producing warm air, you're paying for that. And as it travels through your duct system, oftentimes you're losing a huge percentage of your groceries. Should we go back and get those groceries or just forget about them? <laughs> well, that goes into the ductwork, right? And then we talk about uh, the metaphor of, of the attic insulation. You know, hot air moves towards cool air. So during the summertime, it's 75 degrees in your home, it's 100 and 30 or whatever in your attic or in Arizona, maybe hotter than that even, right? And so when you have 130 degree air sitting on top of a house at 75, it's not just like it's just sitting there passively. It's like a fire breathing dragon and it's pushing down with all its might to push that warm air. I mean, down through the outlets, down through the walls, any, any lights, any fixtures it can find. It's like a fire breathing dragon pushing that into your, into your home. The attic of uh, the layer of attic insulation, you know, prevents that. Right. Using those metaphors, people can relate to. I think are really important, and that's just two that jumped out at me when you guys were, were talking about that stuff. So, in order to recap, by the way, guys, it is snowing, not snowing to beat the band, but we have a nice little layer of snow in the trees. Is this beautiful? Isn't it beautiful? It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah, we got a nice fire going here, nice heaters. These guys are still freezing out here, standing in the snow. <laughs> Blantons. Uh, Blantons. Oh, we did give them some Blantons, I think. So, uh, Real quick, the recap. One, two, three. Introduction, transparency, credibility, position of trust, explanation. Here's what we're going to do today. Here's how long it's going to take. Step one. Step two, mechanical magic. Everything we've talked about. Communication, explanations, using the metaphors to communicate ideas whatever it is, get them uh, deeply involved, right? The more involved they are in the diagnostic, the more likely they are to, to accept the repairs, right? Whatever those uh, options may be. Step three, the talk, which we don't call it the talk, <laughs> but those recommendations, those analysis, those, you know, here's my findings. Let me share the findings. That third section is so critical. And again, it should be a separate segment of the, of, of the call. Not as we're walking out to the truck saying, hey, you might consider some IQ or might consider ductwork, right? You don't want to have that as you're walking out of the house. It's a separate component and a really important component of the entire process. And I think, again, this discussion has been so helpful. I've learned an awful lot 
just in, in some of the ideas and the, the, the word, the phraseology, the word tracks that you've laid down. But I think it's so important, those three sections. If a technician could go on a call and think about what they're doing in those three sections, they can kind of, okay, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? And, and it keeps it simple. You don't go overwhelmed. You're just focusing on the introduction, the groundwork, the position of trust. Now I'm doing my mechanical magic. I'm going to have some communications. <coughs> Excuse me. And then thirdly, we're going to you know, share our findings. At, at a fourth. At a fourth. Alignment between the service manager and the company brand to give Very the important. technician the space that's to the do umbrella. everything we just said. That's yeah. the umbrella over all of yeah, it, right? Yeah. That's like the most yep. important thing in many yep. respects because none of those three things can happen in the absence of that larger strategy you're talking about. Yeah, if my dispatcher and my service manager are beating on the technicians to go faster, 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 the technicians yeah. will, will bend to that and the they process will die. Yeah. They have to. The, uh, you know, the thing that led us to this conversation here today was we said we wanted to, you know, a lot of these videos that we do are typically for the owners and managers, and we, mm -hmm. we said we wanted to talk you know, uh, to the technicians. And the thing I want to convey to our, you know, to our viewers, our technicians that are hopefully watching this, and hopefully our service managers will convey this to them as well, uh, and, and emphasize this is that, you know, connection and communication lead to the creation, right? So we got to, like you said, early on in the call, we've got to connect with the homeowner. We've got to communicate our value of what it is that we're doing, why we're doing it, how, how it impacts them, what, what it means to the homeowner. And when you do that you will create the value in the relationship in what you do. And Gary alluded to early, earlier on in this conversation about the, the average ticket, the KPI going up. How we get that to go up is create that value. But it comes from not the things you do as much as, and this is what technicians I think sometimes miss out on. They think it's all about the things that they're capable of doing. I mean, I'm in all of the technicians in this industry. I was, I was an installer, I was never a, a service or maintenance tech. So I'm in all of the technicians and what they're able to do, especially you know, today with the technology, but it pales in comparison to a homeowner. It pales in comparison to the connection and the communication. And if you get that connection and communication and then bring in your value, the, all that you know, tools and training and technology that you have as a technician, that's when that's meaningful. Connection, communication leads to the creation of the value. You know, it's so interesting because this whole conversation was about driving revenue on a maintenance or service call. Mm -hmm. And yet we didn't talk about driving revenue, right? But all of it leads to That's that. the outcome. That's the outcome. That's what we want. Right? right? And it's just, to me, it's so important that we could have had this discussion on revenue, 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 accessories, accessories. And that's not really the most important thing. It's the culture, it's the system, it's the relationship, it's the trust, it's the communications. All those things very naturally lead to the revenue. You don't have to focus on that part if you focus on everything else that we've been talking about. Because the customer expects the fact that you had the audacity to put heating and air conditioning on the side of your truck or on your website or on a business card. They, they assume that you and every other clown in town can do that stuff. Right. You can all turn the wrenches, yep. right? But the guy or woman, right, who comes into the house and connects with a homeowner and communicates to them, you know, what's going on, what we need to do, here's what we found, here's what you could do to address it, you know, those types of things, gives them options, you know, the, the homeowners are gonna love that man or woman who comes in the house. And they're gonna, therefore, by proxy, love the company, right? It's not about the things that we do, again, it's about how you feel about what you spend. Yeah. Uh, there's a great book, The Four Disciplines of Execution. 
and they talk about lead measures and lag measures. Yes. Mm -hmm. Lag measures are results, the numbers, the revenue, and that's what, that's what so many people focus on. That's what your KPIs are. Right. Yeah. It's the lead measures, all the activities, everything we're talking about here, that drive those lag measures that often get overlooked. Excellent. And so I'm very grateful to both of you for this discussion because I think it really, really goes to the heart of what we do. We are, after all, service companies. Mm -hmm. And yes, the job of a business is to you know, meet homeowners' needs, solve those problems, ultimately drive revenue and hopefully profitability. But if you focus on the lead measures, the, the behavior, the relationship, the culture, the systems, the other things just take care of themselves. Yeah, I would argue we're in the business of customer experience. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. As always, a pleasure. Thank you. Sponsored by Blanton's. Sponsored by Blanton's. Take that, Mr. Producer, Mr. 40 Minutes. That's a three-parter. Ah! We are done.